The Derek and Mike Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? How's it going today, brother? How are you? Tell me. I want to know. I truly want to know. Not just like a bullshit. How you doing? <laughs> You're not just making conversation, huh? I, no, I've, no, I care. I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. good. You know, there's really literally nothing I can complain about. My body feels good. I feel good. I'm off today. Oh, Dude, then yeah. it's hard to have a bad day when you're off. It is. It is. Because you just wake up knowing you don't have to work that day. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, freedom flows into the weekend. <laughs> freedom! That's right. Nice. Well, yeah. that's uh, that's cool. Yeah. That is way cool. Yeah. yeah so, no, that, yeah. Uh, I'm planning on doing a little bit of yard work and... Uh, you know, and when I get too hot, I'm going to jump in the pool and then I'm going to go back to the yard work. It's my plan here today. Nice. That yeah. sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, stay. I'm going to stay off my phone. I'm going to enjoy the day. I'm going to just be free of my phone. Uh, have I mentioned that yet? You did. Yeah, I think once or twice. Yeah. Because I, I need to be off my phone a little bit more. I'm on there too do, much. Do you mindfully block out pieces of time where you purposely avoid your phone or electronics or social media or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I don't. All right. So it's just kind of a general, like, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from my phone today, but really you're still going to have your phone in your pocket and look at it if you feel like it. No, I'm going to make a conscious effort. I, I've been making some efforts to just kind of distance myself a little bit more. I've been like pulling back from reading the news and um, installing game, like a game. And it's not because I necessarily want to play the game because I, I do have an addiction to my phone. But I just want to be able to transfer to, from the news to the game and then from the game to nothing. Uh, but you know, maybe that's baby steps, but at the same time, you know, I'm so, I'm so habitually picking it up sometimes when I do pick it up and I don't find myself picking it up, I'm not going to do what I usually do. All right. Huh? Yeah, no, that's good. I think it's important to have those periods of disconnectivity. Um, I don't often do it. Honestly, it's one of these things that I'm, I'm preaching, but not practicing, but I try to occasionally, I try to be mindful of avoiding my phone. You know, when I really try to be mindful of it or purposely avoid it is early in the morning. Yeah. Um, I wake up early. I've told you that before. And there's just no point in looking at your phone super early in the morning because any email that you got, you can't reply to. You can't be the guy that's sending out emails at fucking 445 in the morning um, because, hey, they're never going to get responded to. And when someone gets an email from you at 445, they're like, damn, dude, really? 445? What's, uh, what's the urgency? Get a life. And so, ch chances are more likely that it's going to ruin your morning. You know, you're yes. going to read something that was sent either late at night or whatever, and you're just going to say, oh, no. Yeah, and that's going to ruin the rest of my morning until actual work time. And that's sacred time to me. That's time that I take for myself or I get something done or I do whatever I'm going to do, but I don't need my headspace infiltrated by an email I can do nothing about. I think that's... Uh, who who was it? Um, oh, that guy that we listened to. Uh, who, Tim but Ferriss? 
Yeah, Ferris. He's the one that talked about that too, didn't he? He was like, you know, yeah, you wake yeah. up and don't even touch. I, I do like the way that he manages time. Like he is excellent mm-hmm. at time management. Um, it may not be practical for, for a lot of people, but um, at the same time, I do think the uh, overtone of what it is that he says is really kind of mostly just time management. I think you're right. I didn't really realize it until you said that, but I think that is where I, I got that idea of purposely avoiding your email for certain amounts of time in the morning or whenever you're choosing to disconnect because it's so easy just to like uh, habitually flip through your phone while you're like standing there sipping coffee or while you're taking a dump or whatever. Like, oh, I'll grab my phone and flip through my email. And sometimes it, it's not like you're ever going to get something that improves your mood or gives you more mental freedom. It's almost always something that hijacks your focus or puts you in a bad mood or causes you stress or anxiety. It's 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 rarely ever positive uh, contribution. It's it's most often uh, negative and distracting. So choose when you want to open yourself up to that stuff. I mean, obviously, you got to read your email at some point. you you got to see what's going on. But um, it, it, at certain times, especially like that for me early in the morning, it's just not important enough to uh, dick with it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. And, you know, we, we do need those, those extended durations of just uh, non-distractedness. Yeah. You know, that, that is definitely important. And, and I certainly, uh, neglect that for myself, uh, too much, you know, too much. And, you know, my wife told me last night, she was basically was like, you're on your phone too much, you know? And, uh, uh-huh. um, sometimes that little outside influence can help because, you know, even though you try to look at yourself, uh, some, there's some things that you miss and there's some things that, yeah. Uh, a loved one is going to see and have a comment on that, you know, it's like, well, I, I should probably take heed of that. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to have someone who's with you all the time uh, to kind of check you on those little behavior things that, that you're not aware of. It's so easy just to, you know, find yourself with a mental moment of spare time and habitually just slide your phone out of your pocket and flip through whatever it is, your email, your social feed or news or whatever, just like, oh, hey, I have four seconds to do nothing, I should fill that with random information to, um, you know, see what's going on. But uh, I don't know that that ever really contributes positively to our mindset or our life or anything. It's really just a, a, a distraction and like a sporadic burst of nonsense to take your mind in different ways and and all that. And yeah, no, totally worth avoiding. I, I, I say, um, let your mind wander. I think it's a good thing to be bored or have nothing to fill your mind or, or thoughts or whatever to just be, you know, stand in line yeah. and be third in line and don't touch your phone. Uh, I think for a lot of people that is uncomfortable uh, and you have to like consciously not slide your phone out of your pocket when you're third in line and you've got, you know, six minutes before you need to get to the checkout counter. What do you do? Do you just stand there and look around at people? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Leave your phone in your pocket and just stand there. Think, observe and be. And uh, it feels good, but it is unnatural. I agree. I I do that. That is one thing that I can say that I'm not. I don't think. I don't think I do it. But when I'm in the in the store and I'm waiting in line, that's just so. I don't know. It's um. Don't get me wrong. I'm on the phone too much, but that's at home. But like, when obviously, I'm out, your wife like, has to check you. She's like, "Hey, put it away, Derek. Come on, family <laughs> time." 
Yeah, when I'm out and I'm standing in line and I'm just like, oh, let me pull up my phone because I, I need to read the news right now. It's just that's just overkill. Yeah. And, yeah. I do that sometimes habitually and I try to be aware of it. And as soon as I slide it out, just like, what are you looking for? You looking for something specific? Uh, no, put it back. Okay. Now, waiting in a doctor's office is a little bit different, right? You're, yeah, you got well, people across from you. Or, I, I, do, I do do that out of nervousness sometimes just because I'm like facing a group of people or whatever. What I'm like, what am I going to just sit there and. Yeah, because then that can be a little weird. I mean, yeah. When you're when you're in a room with with chairs arranged around walls, and then you're virtually like in a horseshoe, uh, uh, in like a horseshoe shaped group of people all sitting looking toward each other in a way. It's a little weird to just sit there and stare straight ahead and be lost in your own thoughts. Yeah. It, it almost feels like you're antisocial. Like, and then so okay, all right. So I don't just stare straight ahead like a robot um, or a serial killer. I'm going to look around and, and, and be a part of our little horseshoe-shaped group here in the waiting room at the doctor's office. And, and uh, you know, I may smile at so-and-so or go, you know, uh, little little gestures, may even have a little small talk or whatever. But a couple of minutes of that, and uh, that shit's run its course. So what do you do after that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. When you get like 20 minutes to kill in a waiting room, then, yeah, pull out your phone. I mean, 20 minutes is 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 a useful amount of time. I, I could I could get something done. I could read an article I've been putting off, or I can uh, go buy some shit online that I know we're running low on. You know, that's that's when I re up on baby diapers and paper towels and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like some downtime, go throw some shit in my cart that I've been thinking about. Uh, yeah, so so I think a, a chunk of time can be better used, but I, I'm definitely I'm definitely on the side where. You know, four minutes standing in line is is that's 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 beneficial downtime. I think it's good for your brain to just stand there and not flip through your phone. You know, the situation that I am, uh, I wouldn't say petrified, of, but it's funny. I do have a, a slight kind of, uh, um, well, not a slight discomfort. I have a pretty kind of a big discomfort in this particular situation. And I don't know if it's going to sound weird. It sounds weird, like before I'm saying it here, but... You, you get out of the airport and you got to go get your rental car, right? Mm. And you get in that rental car uh, um, bus and like you, it's packed, right? And you're just like facing somebody like two and a half feet in front of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like, no, let that's me put on my fucking glasses thing. right now. Shit. Yeah. Like, no, that's when the phone comes in really handy because, uh, you know, you give one of those kind of like polite, small talk like eyebrow raises where you just kind of like oh hey you know kind of give them a little forehead wrinkle like hey i acknowledge you how are you hope you're doing well you say all that without saying a word a little yeah. body language greeting and then what 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 do you do you're like you're you're 11 inches from my nose uh i can't move now i'm just going to look at my phone because at least that way my eyes are pointing downward and i can pretend you're not 11 inches from my nose then it becomes a useful tool and your only view is the window that's right directly behind them. Uh, oh, yeah. And you're just like, I, 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 natu- I really do want to look out that window, but I don't want it to look like I'm staring at you in the face. You know? <laughs> I really want to look out that window. Can, where are we? Can we the- trade spots? Because you're not even looking out the window. And you're standing right next to it. Can you stand where I'm standing and then I'll stand by the window and look out the window? That would be great. Yeah. Are you oh okay, so airports, windows. Are you a aisle guy or a window guy when you choose a plane seat? I'm totally an aisle guy. I don't, oh dude. I, yeah. Don't, oh, I'm I'm so with you. Yeah. I don't understand window people. I, I can't wrap my head around it. 
Yeah, my wife is a window person. She just loves the window. She has uh, a bit of claustrophobia. But for me, I think the claustrophobia, like you're not going to jump out that window, you know, but you can jump out of the aisle, out into the aisle. So I don't quite understand the claustrophobia thing with the window seat for her, but she loves the window. So I, I can't uh, think of anything more claustrophobic than the window seat. Yeah, me too. And I, I, if I have to go to the bathroom, I, I don't like to step across people and just be like, oh, hey, Dude, can I wake you up because I have to go pee? I will hold my pee until I absolutely can't anymore. I mean, I, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. And that's where the aisle, it's so easy just to keep an eye on the bathroom, wait till there's no line because I don't want to go stand in line, have to, you know, look at people while I'm standing in line at the back of the plane <laughs> potty line yeah that's yeah. the other place where you're like confronted with people face to face sometimes huh back there where the uh, yeah. stewardess or well, stu only, steward stewards and yeah. stewardesses are and not only the other people standing in the p line at the back of the airplane it's like while you're standing in the p line you're right next to someone else's seat that's like in the third row from the back and you're just kind of standing there with one hand on their headrest you know just <laughs> you're, you're four and a half inches from this guy who's sitting there reading a book or eating his fucking chips or whatever and uh what do you do? You know, I'm just like lording over you and I can't help but look at what they're reading or what they're doing. I have to, I have to be nosy and judgy. Like, huh, what's this guy? Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, smut novel, huh? That's what you're reading on a plane. Huh? All right. That's and a great use of time. And his non-reclining seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're in the reclined position, which is a full like inch and a half. Like, Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's a major difference. I'm so comfortable now. I've reclined an inch and a half. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, uh, but but the seat, yeah, yeah. So the aisle seat gives you the chance to just pop up and go pee when the line is gone, and and uh, that's what you want. You want that immediate opportunity to just jump out of your seat, go pee, get right back in. Don't have to step over anybody. That's the fucking that's the obvious choice, the aisle seat. But then for the other reason of the window seat, at least for I'm not a super tall guy. I'm six foot, uh, but I'm tall enough to have to curve my head and neck around the curvature of the airplane airplane fuselage when i'm sitting in the window seat um are, are you you know what i mean like when you're sitting in that seat the the curvature of the fuselage is curving right around the top of your head and you've got to like curve your neck right along with it like i've got to form my body to the to the spherical shape of this fucking tube and that's not comfortable for any amount of time well, I, I experience, I don't, I guess maybe I'm not tall enough. I'm five, nine, but I, uh, no, I, I don't lean up against the fuselage or anything. I'm not like, Oh, I mean, I have before in the past when I was a kid and before I was scared of germs, I think I would just kind of lean up against that and maybe use that to go to sleep. But, and it is a good escape hatch too, because what always seems to happen with me in planes and maybe this is just something I didn't notice in the past or because I was smaller, but you get you get seated next to somebody that can't help but to like kind of uh take up more room than uh, than is within the uh within uh, the seat can uh imaginary lines that i yeah. know you, you mentally draw right and that imaginary oh, long line by the way it does include the knee area guys you know yeah. <laughs> like stay out of my it, knee area too it doesn't stop at the end of the hand rest the armrest no it, it it extends indefinitely from the armrest out way past your knees stay on your side and might i say that half that armrest is yours um and don't get me wrong i i am i do lend myself to allow the middle seat to have both armrests and when i say allow i'm not like hey i'm gonna you can have the middle 
what I mean oh, by do. that is just huh? like, I just right. don't get upset about that. It's like when you're in the middle seat, I think it's okay to kind of, you know, be a little bit armrest heavy. And I didn't used to oh. feel like that, but, um, you know, it's tough enough being in the middle seat. Just let the person have a little bit more armrest. Wow. You are, a, you are a, uh, magnanimous person. I like that. And I'm going to adopt that. I've never thought about that before. I've always been armrest selfish. Now, I've never encroached on the other person's armrest space. I do subscribe to uh, equal armrest access. Yes. But (laughs) I've never actually given more armrest rights to the guy in the middle purely based on the fact that the middle seat sucks. So you may use a little more armrest um, due to the fact that your seat sucks and it costs the same as mine. So... That's really nice of you. I'm going to be that guy now. I've just I've just changed my my airplane etiquette to include uh, a little bit of an armrest concession for the middle guy. Yeah, see, I didn't hear about that before too, and I think I was you know in the past, and I still feel like this sometimes because I feel like don't you know um, test your armrest access a little bit. You know, you might need it for a little bit, but at least be cognizant that okay, I'm gonna take it for a little while and I'm going to give it up and you are so much you know, nicer than me. Oh my God, uh, dude. I'm realizing this about myself now that we're having this fucking conversation where I do this indirect, subtle takeover coup of the armrest where ooh. there's a guy sitting next to me and he's taking too much of the armrest. And I see that and I'm like, I will have that armrest sooner or later. I will rest that armrest from you. But I'm not going to do it like in an overt, obvious way. I'm not going to be like, hey, excuse me, mind if I uh, use a little bit of the armrest here? Because I paid for it. No, I won't do any of that. <laughs> I'll I'll slowly wait for him to like reach into his backpack and move his arm. And then when he does, my arm will uh, all of a sudden be a little more on the armrest than it was previously when he before he reached for his backpack. I'll, I'll like I'll take an inch every time he gives an inch, and soon I will own the armrest. And and this is my my subtle takeover style of the armrest i am fully willing to give away that armrest as long as you do not touch me oh just, no that's just gross don't, when just you're... don't touch me any place in your body <laughs> that yeah like knees i don't want my knees against your knees like bring your fucking <laughs> knee back over on your side dude uh i don't want to like just sit with my knee pressed up against yours but a knee hopefully is covered by pants um if you're wearing shorts like ew don't come on you're wearing shorts man i do not want your fucking hairy bare knee touching my my knee even if i am wearing pants thank you but i think you're right if i've already got my arm on the armrest and the other guy just puts his arm on the armrest and presses his forearm up against me or whatever i'm like ew boom you win you are you are king of the armrest i'm not willing to play this game your strategy has has won i'm 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 giving up. You win. That's right. That's right. It's not uh, that important to me. You know, here, here's one. Uh, it was a. It was really kind of like a karmic lesson one time when I was on the plane. I was sitting there with my wife, and it was. Uh, I'm in the middle seat because she likes that window seat, so I, I take one for the team. And right when I said, because the plane was filling up. I mean, we're about done. This is. It's time to go nobody's sitting next to me in the in the aisle seat. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. And then I, I literally said, I don't know if I said this to her or if I said it just to myself, but clearly, very clearly, I said it. And I said, 
I just hope it's just a little old lady that sits right there next to me. <laughs> as soon as I look up, my friend, it was... Um, the fattest, sweatiest motherfucker? Yeah, he was about 400 pounds. God bless oh, him. You know, but oh, like, and, and I'm not... You know, people need to fly. I know it's difficult, and I'm not. I'm not ragging on him. And if he had the money, I'm. I'm betting he probably would have bought two seats because that's definitely what I would have done too. And he was really nice, and he, I. I could tell he felt really bad over the situation. But wow, that was tough. I was in him, like, <laughs> like he, he, like he swallowed. Like literally, I. I was like, honey. Like luckily. My wife is sitting next to me, so I could pull up our armrest and kind of slide oh, yeah. as much you as possible. You could encroach on her space quite a bit, yeah. That was the only option that we had there, was that. <laughs> and then I'll be I'll be damned if my armrest on his side is coming up. That is there. That is our gate. My <laughs> your, arm, your, your armrest on his side was like under his ribs. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I've how can oh you know? God. I can't imagine what that's got to feel like to you to to sit in that seat and and be like that. That's got to be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, harder for him for sure than it uh, is for me. But well, I, I yeah, would think, but you know, yeah, no, but uh, man, and that's tough, dude. Because yeah, you see that guy coming down the aisle, and you're just like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, I know he's going to sit right next to me and he does. And like you said, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy and, and all that. And, and, uh, he's got to get through life too. And he's got to get from point A to point B. I get all that, but God damn it. You had to sit right next to me. This is a three and a half hour flight. This is going to fucking suck. I'm like you said, like I'm in your armpit. I, I can, I can, I can just fucking smell you. And this is terrible. Um, and it was right after, right after I said, I hope a little small uh, old lady sits next to me. Right Man. after that, immediately after that, I was like, oh, my God, I am never saying that again. Well, it's always terrible, like on Southwest, where people can sit anywhere. You know, there is no assigned seating. It's basically boarded in groups. And they tell you, OK, folks, today's flight is sold out. So every seat will be taken. And you're sitting there going like, oh, man, oh, there, goes my, there goes my <laughs> hopes of the, yeah. the seat next to me going unfilled and I can spread out and keep my bag on the seat next to me. Or, oh, there goes all my hopes of freedom and space. Okay, now it becomes a game of how can I do my best to manage who chooses to sit next to me? So I do this game where uh, I, I watch the aisle because they're all queued up like, like freaking like, like cattle uh, coming to the slaughter. And they're all standing in a line, right? And I like to imagine that I have a choice of which of those cattle sits next to me. And I try to make myself, um, I try to make the seat next to me as enticing or revolting as possible to affect their choice. So as the herd of people are coming down the aisle toward me, they're shopping, right? You see everyone's eyes like sweeping left and right and ahead of them going like, all right, which seat do I want? Okay. Are there any aisle seats? No, they're all taken. There's only middle seats. Okay. Which of these, which of these middle seats do I want? You can tell they're just sizing everybody up, you know? So I try to like indirectly look really big and try to like lean toward the open seat. Like, oh no, there's not a lot of room here. This seat's really uncomfortable. You're not going to want it. Um, or I've even gone as far as like, I'll, I'll, I'll like fake cough. I'll, I'll present like, maybe I'm sick, maybe I'm not, but maybe I am, you know? So yeah, I'll start sniffing or wiping my nose a little bit or just kind of like, <clears throat> like I'm trying to suppress a cough, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, okay, cool. So I'm, 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 I'm causing people to pass me by and shop a different aisle. And then eventually it becomes reality that you got to pick someone. Someone has to sit here. The flight is sold out. So 
Um, who do I want to sit here? And you look down the, the, the herd of people or the line of people and you try to find someone who's alone. Now, someone who's alone isn't going to be talking to their friend three aisles down, and that's annoying as shit because they got to talk super loud. So they're going to be yelling at their friend way the fuck down the way the fuck down the line because they they you know bought their ticket late or didn't pay for the upgrade and they got boarding seat or boarding group five, and uh, they're just going to sit anywhere and shout to each other from down the down the hall. Uh, so we find someone who's alone, preferably reading a book already. Sometimes people stand in that line looking for a seat and they're still reading a book like, oh, this person's going to be quiet. They're reading a book already. They're in line and they're reading a book. Of course, they're going to read a book when they sit down. Um, or you hopefully find someone who's tiny. A tiny woman is ideal. Uh, so when you find a tiny woman who looks alone and she's reading a book, that's that's money, dude. That's the money third seat passenger right there. And yes. when that lady comes up to your row, you all of a sudden lean away from the open seat, put on a little smile, look inviting, maybe even like a little uh, eyebrow lift or a little nod, like, oh, hey, this seat's open. You know, uh, I'm a nice guy. You can, you can sit right there if you'd like. And uh, hopefully she takes it and the game is won. And uh, it's, it's a fun game. Until you lose and the 400-pound guy sits next to you and goes, yeah, can I sit here? And you're like, ah, fuck, man. I can't say no, but but do you have to? Like, are there no other seats available? Fuck. It is an That's interesting the, dance. And yeah. it uh, it goes back to, it reminds me of uh, episode whatever, um, two, three episodes ago, where there's the the subtleties of body language. And, and it couldn't be more... Uh, that's that's oh, basically no. all it is. Is it's all body language in a way, and some of yeah, it you, you, think you can't the, control. I don't think the whole scenario is a buying and selling game with no words. It's entirely it's transactional through complete body language. It's people in line shopping for a seat, and people who already have a seat selling their open seat uh, and choosing whether or not they want to sell it to you, and trying to affect your choice of whether or not to buy it. You're negotiating on price, uh, which is the choice of sitting there or not. Uh, and you're trying to affect their choice purely through body language. It's interesting. It's an interesting dance. It is rather stressful for me. If I was going to choose uh, an airline, I, I wouldn't choose that because I I, don't, I just don't like that situation. Of course, I mean, there, you're right. Like if you do what you check in exactly 24 hours before your flight, you get yeah. to, you know. Like with Southwest, I'll pay for the thing where you automatically get boarding group A or whatever, and it costs like another 30 bucks or I don't know, it's not a lot. So you just pay for that. You automatically get boarding group A and then I get to sit down first. But that only puts me in a position to stress over who will be sitting next to me longer because I'm sitting here first. There's nothing but open seats. And as boarding group two, three, four, and then five come through, uh, the plane starts filling up and then they announce, hey, it's a sold out flight. Every seat will be filled. And I'm like, oh God, uh, there goes my hopes of not having someone sit next to me. Um, so early boarding is really just longer stress. Yeah, I you know there there's too much too many unknowns for me. I, I'm such a planning guy that I, I I like to eliminate as many unknowns as possible before I even get to the airport because like my wife calls me she calls me airport Derek like I turn into a different person she says when I get to the airport because because <laughs> I'm so nervous and I'm just so like. Oh my gosh, we got to get there early, and oh my gosh, we got to get to our gate, and then oh my gosh, let's go check our gate, and then we then we can go eat. You know, she, she I have all these rules yeah. about the airport, and you know, she doesn't like it. So, another thing that I like to do that I got to mitigate is just the fact that um, I 
I don't. I will check my bags, even if I have to bring like a small bag, unless I'm bringing a backpack and only a backpack. And I've done that before, like when I just went to Colorado, Denver, to see my brother. But you know, even if I have one of those small bags, I want to check it because you ever been in that situation where you're boarding and then you know, sometimes they t they announce that the flight is full before you get on the plane. So you you get before you get on the plane, there's that dreaded. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a full flight today, so we're going to ask people to uh, commit their carry-ons and then come and get them checked, and then we'll you'll have to wait uh, when you get off the plane for your bag, you know. And I'm just like, no, I don't like th that. That is, I don't uh, want that situation. Because you ever no, been? No, I'm, one I'm that afraid didn't... my bag's going to ever make it into the fucking airplane. So, oh, you mean that's why you don't, or you do check your bag, or you don't check? I actually. I try to avoid checking a bag as much as possible. I mean, if I'm only going for a few days, even up to like three or four or five days, I'll still try to make that work with a carry-on only. Um, and by boarding early, you almost always get some overhead space. That's true. If you true. board late, you're fucked, man. Yeah. It, what also bugs me is how people take the overhead space over my seat. Like, I've got a seat, and there's overhead space right above it, and someone's already put their shit in there like, hey, Dick, that's my overhead space. It's over my head. What What the fuck? Why, why, why does my seat not include the space right above my head? Why is that community space open to all, and uh, this guy just decided to put his second carry-on bag into the space above my head, and now I've got no room for my one carry-on bag? Not cool. That's true, especially like if you board early. Sometimes if you're boarding late and there's no other spaces available, you don't really have a choice, right? No, then you fall into that thing where they don't have room for your bag and they go check it, and that always that, freaks me out. That, yeah, that is, that's the one situation I think I would fall apart like if that happened to me. I don't know. That's like my <laughs> biggest fear in life is like, oh, there's not enough room for your bag above here. No! You're, you go outside and wait, you know, or, or uh, oh, man. go check your, go back out and check your bag and then come back in and we'll all wait for you during that time. Oh, dude, even worse, like the flight attendant's like, oh, here, I'll, I'll take it from you. I'll take care of this. And you just hand them your bag like, um, uh, will I ever see that again? You know, like, yeah. do I get a ticket or do anything? Like, oh man, I have nothing. And then just the whole flight, you're just stressed. Like, where do I go? What do I do? How do I even prove it's my bag? If they ever ask me, I have nothing. This, that reminds me of this funny story. I was going, I was um, getting on the plane last time when I flew. This was by myself, so I can't remember. Oh, this was for Denver. And I swear to God, this lady was trying to get this enormous bag <laughs> in the overhead. And I mean, there's been so many comedic skits about that. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah. But like, so I'm, I'm just being nice. Like, she's trying to jam this thing. And it's no it's way not gonna it's fit. going in there. Yeah, you can look and be like, uh, it, that's not, I'm no engineer, but that ain't happening. Yeah, well, I am an engineer, but uh, <laughs> as a matter of I, I was like, I, I said to her, I said, what did I say? I said, I don't see it happening. <laughs> oh, you told her that all the time. Yeah, I said, I don't see it happening. Um, and she was very nice about it, but you know, yeah. I think w what happened then was, uh, there, there did turn out to be a way that she got that under somebody else's seat. And, you know, sometimes you see these massive acts of kindness on the plane and, uh -huh. um, especially a little bit more like in, uh, I, I notice it more in the Southern States cause people are just nicer here, but sure. you'll get like, they'll be like, uh, Oh, sir, can I put this under your seat? And like, it's just the enormous bag. And, um, he he let it and and it was like wow I don't know how that fit under there but it did and uh, what a nice guy uh, yeah 
that that is nice when you see that kind of stuff happen. And I think you're right; it is more common in the South, um, because I do where I'm from in California. I, people don't even ask that. They they know they're going to be told no, and they want to avoid the embarrassment of being denied. So they don't even ask anybody. Uh, you know, could I do something like put this monstrous duffel bag under your seat? Um, because all of my all of my space that was included in my seat has been taken. I need more space. Can I have yours? That's uh, that's audacious. It's a lot to ask, and it's cool that someone there was willing to help. And I do find that you're right that on air on airplanes you have this sense of community a lot of times where people are willing to really kind of help you and do a little more. It's almost like, hey, we become a tribe. For the next three and a half hours on our flight to Denver, we're going to be a tribe, and we all need to work together to get to Denver as comfortably and as conveniently as possible. So we got to band together. We got to uh, we got to tribalize here. And people who choose not to join the tribe stick out like a sore thumb, like a sore thumb. And I think everybody else mentally gangs up on them, like someone who's loud or annoying or or just a, an obvious asshole is ostracized by the flight to Denver tribe. And uh, everyone con- collectively hates them, I think. I have seen that happen before one time where yeah. this this girl, well, I wasn't paying attention to the whole situation, but this, I, and I really feel bad for her because she was kind of, she was, she was in trouble, you know? And, um, I was in the middle seat and the guy next to me was listening to her conversation and, um, the conversation that she was having with basically anybody that would look at her. And the guy next to me, after like I had my headphones on, I think the whole time. So I wasn't like paying attention, but then I took them off and he, he talks to me and he says, uh, cause she starts to look over. He says, don't look at her. Um, and I'm like, Oh man. And because I guess if you look at it, she was going to start a conversation with you, a big, a huge conversation. And huh. she ended up telling somebody that some guy was paying for her to fly out there. And he was, and he was like, uh, oh, that poor guy. And I mean, I, I feel bad for the whole situation. The whole situation was just kind of fucked. But yeah, um, I don't know. Everybody on the plane was just like, man, just kind of steer clear of that situation. Um, so they were all like already in the know of her annoyingness. They were just like, hey, heads up, dude. You don't, don't fall into that lady's trap. She's going to try to suck you in. Like she became so known for being annoying before you even boarded no well i'm sure that was the case because once the guy kind of told me what was going on she she was talking just non-stop to anybody that would just listen to her oh and it was sad it was sad it was just really sad i mean i don't want to get stuck in her fucking you know uh her her bullshit that that sucks too that's sad for me but i feel bad for people like that like it must be tough for her going through life she's She's either like, you know, got some mental problems uh, and that's tough or yep. she's like so lonely that she's desperate to talk to someone, that desperate to have someone listen to what she's saying, you know, like all of that said. Any possible explanation for her behavior is probably sad. Absolutely. Yeah, she's just she's going through a lot of pain and that that's yeah. just the the toughest part about it, you're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to help, but I'm I'm empathetic. Just don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah, just like the guy <laughs> said, don't look at her, you know. Yeah, and uh, that's sad. I, I, it's so sad. It's just so sad. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel. I, I wish I didn't bring that up, kind of in a way. Now, yeah, yeah. maybe suck all the air out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Man, hey, let's talk about uh, 
Um, no, let's not talk about that. I was going to make a joke, but it wouldn't even be that funny. <laughs> do you know what happened today? What? I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was even able to do the podcast today. I, I thought I was going to have to reschedule, but I was waiting to find out for sure before I told you because I didn't want to, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yell fire and then there was no fire. But I was hit up to do a training class for um, some customers who have some guys that are going to rent forklifts and, and boom lifts and they need to be certified to be on this job. So I'm, I'm a certified trainer where I can certify these guys to be an operator. So I was going to go teach a class to certify these guys to use forklifts and, and booms or scissors or whatever, some aerial machinery. Wait, can I ask a and, quick question there? Uh-huh. So you know how to drive a forklift? Yeah. Yeah. They're not hard. Oh, I didn't know. When did you ever drive a forklift? I, I rarely ever do, but in order to do what I do, where I, I rent equipment to contractors, including forklifts, boom lifts, and a shitload of other stuff, uh, one of the first things I had to do when I joined the company was go and get certified as an operator on forklifts and aerial equipment, mutes. Oh, okay. um, and uh, so I had to be certified as an operator. And then after a little while, then they certify me as a trainer. It's called a train the trainer course. So now I can train people and certify them as operators. Um and I've actually never done it. So a part of me was a little bit nervous or apprehensive about it. Like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to go do that class. A, it's really hot outside, and it's a lot of blacktop fucking time. And B, eh, I'm not going to be able to do my podcast, and that's pretty important to me. And then C, I've never actually done this, and I feel like I'm going to be fumbling my way through the whole fucking thing. But uh, I don't mind improvising. That part would have been fine. I mainly just didn't want to stand out in the sun all day. And we could have done the podcast later in the afternoon, so it probably would have been fine. Uh, I just didn't want to be in the sun all day. It's fucking hot. And um, that got canceled last minute yesterday. Uh, I got an email. Oh, I got a text from my regional manager like, hey, uh, let the customers know that the training session for tomorrow has been canceled. Uh, We had a few people come up positive with COVID, so no one's allowed to go to that location that we were planning on doing the testing at, uh, you know, for, for a few weeks. So... COVID uh, is to thank for it came us through being able for to do the you podcast today. Yeah, right? it's good to hear Fucking... a COVID success story for a change. Go COVID. I mean, <laughs> I, it sucks for the people who caught it and now they had to close the location, but hey, I'm doing a podcast now. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> That's literally the only <laughs> thanks COVID that occurred today, I bet. <laughs> There's been a few positive COVID things. Uh, I think we probably got out of a few things that we would not have wanted to do otherwise, and we would have had to think up an elaborate excuse or flake or do something to get out of a of an engagement. And luckily, there's this this super understandable uh, case of oh my god, we'd love to go to that, but uh, you know, COVID. So come on, COVID. Sorry, we can't make COVID. it. Yeah, yeah it's a one word response. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so that worked out pretty good. So I'm here instead of standing in a gigantic fucking parking lot watching guys drive forklifts. So there, there's that. Yeah, and uh, so you would have led that training, huh? That Man, yeah. that would be fun to see. What else do you know how to do? Do you know how to do a backhoe or anything? Uh, yeah, so I don't operate them enough to be good at it, to like get you know the, the real muscle memory down and become fluid and, and use these excavators and backhoes or any of the, any of the heavy equipment. But I do know how to do it. You know um, what the knobs do? Yeah, yeah, and they're all different. They've all got different like control patterns and stuff, and some of the newer ones are a little bit different than the older ones and all those little nuances. But generally, they're, they're 
in general the same, like a car. You know, there's a steering wheel, there's a gas and a brake. Um, but every car you sit in is a little bit different, like takes you a minute to find the windshield wipers and, and, uh, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like that. They're all pretty standard. They're straightforward. I mean, I've actually had to resort to YouTube a time or two, um, to learn how to do things and thank God for YouTube in so many ways. Uh, one of these was a four seater job cart, a, uh, a utility cart, which is just like a four wheel drive, um, off road truck basically a little a little uh gas cart and the seat converts into a larger bed so the rear seat will fold up to become a normal rear seat guys can sit on or it will fold down to uh become a larger utility bed and i couldn't figure out how to fucking do it and so i looked it up on youtube and you know luckily there's a two and a half minute video on everything that shows you how to do anything so yeah. I found that one. Boom. Looked like a pro. Oh, you just do this. Pull this pin. Boom, boom, boom. Pull here. Shift. Boom. There it is. Converts. They're like, wow, that's awesome. And I got to look smart like I knew what I was doing. And uh, thanks to YouTube, I did know what I was doing. Yeah, I changed my um, rear lights and the Volvo for that. And I felt like a pro. I'm like, hey, I hope the whole neighborhood's watching me right now because <laughs> I'm like taking off the entire back assembly. I'm like, man, Whoa. that guy looks like he knows what he's doing. Dude, how about these car manufacturers that make you disassemble the entire front end to change fucking headlight light bulbs? What, what, what kind of bullshit is that, dude? I get, I've been lucky on that. Well, I did. I think the G35 was like, no. No, the ones that I've had that were recent were, were pretty much just the bulb. Um, yeah, you just I, reach I in and access that. the bulb, right? It should be quick and easy. Like, it's a bulb. Yeah. Plan on it going out at some point. Make access to it easy. That seems like an obvious one. Yeah, the Volvo takes a little bit of doing there. It takes like a, um, it, if you were to watch somebody do it, you'd be like, oh, forget that. Somebody else <laughs> is going to do that. But it's really not that hard. Like when you do look at the YouTube thing and somebody shows you like in uh, one minute, like how to change the Volvo thing. And you're like, wow. But while you're doing it, it does look impressive because I had the entire rear headlight like uh, pulled out and it was like, dang, that was... um. I don't know. It looked cool. Uh, one one it, thing I I did want to mention. I you know I want to like learn how to do a backhoe. So I was like thinking about. Oh. Um, I, I want to rent one of those. Like not a whole backhoe, oh, yeah. but just like a mini backhoe in my yard. I know it sounds right. weird, but like I really want to rent one for like two hundred bucks a day and just like fucking go at it, dude, in, in my yard. You know, create gardens and shit. All right. Well, you could either do a backhoe, which is big and it has a front scoop, or you can just do a mini excavator. And that's a much smaller unit on like uh, tank tracks. So a mini excavator is like a little capsule that you sit inside and it yeah. rotates like a turret uh, 360 all the way around. And it's on tank treads. So you can kind of drive it around and it fits through more areas. It's much more compact than a backhoe. And you can just kind of drive this little this little excavator into your backyard and twist it around, and you've got a uh, you got an arm sticking out on the end with a bucket on it, and you can fucking dig as many holes as you want to your heart's content. You can you can tear the bitch up, dude. How much does it cost to rent one of those a day? And you you probably yeah. get massive discounts, so you don't know the retail yeah, price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 if I was to use one personally, they would just let me use it for free. Uh, I would just take it home and use it for the weekend or whatever. That would that would be it's just free. Um, I haven't had the need to do that yet. Although I have thought about, since I live in a two-story house, my wife and I were thinking about this around Christmas time. She goes, it would be really cool to decorate the second floor with Christmas lights. And I have a, it's a tile roof, so I really don't want to go walking around on the tile roof because they'll crack and shit, and I don't want to uh, mess with that. Plus, I don't want to, like, fall off because... I don't want to die uh, you know, either. 
Yeah, dude, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no mountain goat. I'm gonna fucking fall off that roof. Um, so I was thinking, how cool would it be to fucking just bring home like a gigantic fucking boom lift and park that thing in front of my house and just do all the Christmas lights from a boom lift? Uh, that would a be fun and b my neighbors would be super impressed. You'd uh, you'd have to bring him back when you want to brought him bring him down too, wouldn't you? Though, or oh, you know what would happen is the neighbors would all be like, "Hey, uh, how long you got that thing? Can you come do my house next?" Yeah, right. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm fucking decorating the second floor of fourteen houses in the neighborhood. That's how that would go, probably. Because you can get one of those for free too, can you? Yeah, yeah, I can. Just, I can. I can take anything home for for. A reasonable amount of time. I can't just you know keep it, but uh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's those would be cool. cool. But yeah, an excavator. No, you're in the right ballpark. A couple hundred bucks for a day or whatever. Or what? Here's the move. Here's what what you want to do is rent it on a Friday. Uh, rent it on a Friday. You have it delivered in the morning. And ooh, even one more little schmoozy move is you can rent <laughs> it on a Thursday and say deliver it today by the end of the day. Like bring it to my house on Thursday at like two or three o'clock. But I'm not going to use it until Friday morning. Uh, so start my rental on Friday morning. So you get it Thursday afternoon. The rental starts on Friday morning. You use it all day Friday. You use it all day Thursday afternoon and Thursday night if you feel like it and all day Friday. And then <laughs> your one-day rental actually ends Monday morning. So you get it Thursday night, all day Friday, all weekend, and then you return it Monday morning. And that's a one-day rental. No way. Wow. I that's, didn't know that's that they would. Uh, oh, it's because those people don't work on the weekends usually, huh? Yep, weekends don't count. Wow, that's as good. Yep. So that's a if you rent something Friday and we bring it to you Friday morning, you have it all day Friday. You call it off at the end of the day. We'll come pick it up Monday morning. So like if we deliver it Friday at seven a.m., you have until Monday at seven a.m. within a one-day rental. Um, but then the extra little move is have it delivered Thursday. Ask them to start rental on Friday, and then they'll bring it to you. They, they, you, you just don't know what time they're going to bring it Thursday. It'll probably be in the afternoon, noon, or two or three or something. Uh, and then you you have it Thursday afternoon or evening, all day Friday, all weekend, and then you return it Monday morning, one day rental. Shit, that's long enough for me to dig a bunker. You, <laughs> oh God, you I'll have no a- idea. Oh man, you can dig so much with an excavator in in just a couple of hours, let alone fucking three and a half days or whatever we're talking about here. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, you could build a moat around your house. It's crazy. I was watching. Um, what was this? show oh utopia it's on amazon prime and uh one of the guys in there he had a bunker in there and it was like it was underground i'm like oh man that's pretty cool uh you know and don't get me wrong maybe i am a tinfoil hat wearing mofo but how cool would that be just to like have a bunker you know just be like oh yeah uh well there's no house under that ground no that would be awesome and then for another reason dude is bunkers stay really cool because they're underground so, like, you wouldn't even need air conditioning or anything. Like, you could just build an underground bunker, but maybe also put a foos ta- foosball table and a, and a lazy boy in there. And uh, then you got a whole new place to chill that's super cold in the hot months, and uh, no one knows about it. And, warm, and uh, warmer in the cold months, too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's more, of a, that's more of a lair than a man cave. Yeah, that would be cool. That Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh, man. That, you know, I yeah. saw another article, too, that really, man, this guy was like, so not married, uh, but <laughs> what he what he did was he he carved out of stone a, a rock house, like oh. right right out of like a complete rock. Like I don't know how he chiseled it. I'm not exactly sure wow. how he did it, but it was like 
just amazing. Like, Whoa. I mean, the most impenetrable place there is, I, I would imagine now, unless, you know, well, who knows? Wow. But, um, no, it was so interesting. I thought it was so cool. And yeah, that's about as secure as it's going to get is a, is a house carved out of pure stone. Of course, you got to wonder too. I know, like in uh, East Tennessee, there's a little bit more radon, and uh, you may have to look out for that because radon is like one of those invisible uh, radioactive kind of gases or something along those lines, like so in maybe, caves or something. Or uh, it's, it usually uh, is where there's rock when there's a lot of type of rock because I, I suppose there's oh. certain rocks that carry that radioactivity or something. Okay. So that, that'd be huh. the only, but who knows if you don't have that, who cares? And there's probably ways to mitigate that too, like with vents and stuff, but yeah. 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 But no, you're right. That guy's definitely not married. He's not married at all. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I was like, not married, but it was, it was amazing what this guy's done. <laughs> wow. No, it's impressive. That's one of those things where you're just like, wow, that's incredible. I mean, I would never want to do it, but wow, go you. That's really neat. I'll buy it off you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be novel, but uh, that's a lot of work for uh, a pretty unusable space, but uh, cool. Oh, no, Good it was job. usable. He he had windows in there. What? He, no, it, it, it was a full-blown house. A full-blown house. Windows. Huh. I don't know. It was, be it was beautiful, though. I mean, it was, it was a house. Wow that was carved out of stone i see some of these commercials sometimes for like vrbo or or uh um you know some of those vacation rental uh type apps and they show some pretty fucking neat homes dude where it would be fun to have a lot of money and free time which neither of which i, I really have um but to just travel around and go to some of these really trippy like treehouse rentals around the world um in places like that where you, you can go to like stay in some like ice room uh or a fucking stone that a guy carved out and put windows in all these weird places to stay would be would be fun it'd be novel that is cool i didn't uh, know that they had those on there that that'd yeah. be interesting to check out have you ever rented like an airbnb or a vrbo or anything like that yeah i've used the airbnb site and right. we rented something out when we went to go visit nashville um, yeah, so VRBO is, uh, that just stands for vacation rental by owner. It's virtually the exact same thing as Airbnb. I'm sure a lot of places use both VRBO and, and Airbnb, like a lot of drivers both use, um, you know, Lyft and Uber. Uh, but if you sign up on one of their websites, like if you've ever used VRBO, then they're going to start sending you marketing messages. And in those emails, they'll highlight their, their most eye-catching properties, obviously. Um, and some of them are just fucking weird, where it's like some weird six-story cylinder with a spiral staircase around it, you know, and the bedrooms at the very top. It's like, stay in some of our most unique properties. You're like, wow, that looks inconvenient, but cool. You know where I've always wanted to go, and I, I missed the chance to do it, especially having lived in Cal when we lived in California, but would be the, um, not northern, northern California, where your mom is from, but uh, what is it, just south of San Francisco, the where they have the big cliffs, um, I forgot the name of that area, but it's really, it's such yeah. a beautiful area over there. And um, some of the vacation rentals on on the cliffs overlooking the ocean are just gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. And and then you even get, like, in, in other countries or whatever, like, you, you can go get some amazing vacation rentals in, like, Mexico or uh, any any area that's like the Bahamas and all that kind of stuff. Like people that own amazing properties have just listed them on these new 
um, rental by owner services, and, and it's easier than ever to go rent some incredible private property in incredible places for pretty reasonable amounts of money. It's uh, a neat so, time to be a world traveler. I was going to ask really you, what, what, what places have you, so you've used the site. What places have you rented out from, from VRBO? Um, nothing exotic. When we've used VRBO, it's when we're going to like uh, La Jolla. We, we most recently, right before we, we had kids, we went and rented a place on the beach in La Jolla, Southern California, like San Diego yeah. area. Uh -huh. And um, we got a really nice little bungalow down there on, I think that was, I think it was Airbnb we rented that one on, not VRBO. Maybe, I don't know, same thing. Anyway, uh, we rented a little bungalow. It was like a little two-bedroom uh, house just a block from the beach and had a little backyard, which we wanted because we brought the dogs with us. That was back when we were dog parents. I mean, we still are, <laughs> but we cared about it back then, so we had no kids. We would bring the dogs on vacation with us, and we rented this little place because it was dog-friendly, and it had a little backyard that was all totally enclosed where the dogs could go out there and run around and not escape. Um, so that was a fun little rental in a really cool part of La Jolla, too, uh, La Jolla Shores. And... Uh, where else do we rent one? I've rented them at a few shooting tournaments. My dad and I, you know, we compete in sporting clays, the the shotgun clay shooting game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would travel around and go to some big competitions in different states like Arizona and Texas and, and uh, Nevada and NorCal and some of those areas. And we would, at first we started using hotels and then we compared the convenience and cost of just getting an Airbnb and it's a fucking no-brainer. I mean, for the cost of a hotel, a two-bedroom hotel, my dad and I would spend, you know, Two or three hundred dollars a night at a pretty basic hotel, like a a piece. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing fancy, but nothing uh, shitty. So just some kind of a medium great hotel with a with a continental breakfast or something included, and easily be three hundred dollars a night. Yeah. Um, and we would go to an Airbnb, and more often than not, it was less expensive, especially when you split it up between maybe another group because you're getting a three or a four or a five bedroom house. And you can get other shooters who want to pitch in. And next thing you know, it's it's uh, $100 a night. But, but just for my dad and I's part. So between he and I, it's like 50 bucks a night. And uh, the cost becomes insane. And it's more space. You have a backyard. You have a refrigerator and a stove. You can actually, like, cook in there. And uh, uh, then it's also fun because some of your shooter buddies share the house with you. So you're hanging out, having dinners together at night. You barbecue uh, sometimes they have a pool, and if you're in a hot area, you can just go swimming or whatever, and it's uh, a no-brainer. It's it's better in every way, other than, you know, a maid doesn't clean up for you every evening, which I don't care about. I don't like maids cleaning my hotel room anyway while I'm staying, so I usually leave the uh, do not disturb sign on the door the whole time I'm at a hotel. So I, I lose nothing and gain everything. It's a much better option for me. Yeah, we did an Airbnb when we went to Palm Beach uh, to visit oh, nice. her family. And it was great. I mean, the thing is, I, I think Airbnb really, like, uh, it keeps a lot of places afloat because these apartments, I would never buy one. And these were the things that, like, people actually buy. Um, but renting it out for a weekend or, or, no, it was a whole week. You know, it's a night. They ha had a washer dryer in there. So I'm just yeah. like, hey, what else can you ask for, really? Well, that's what you want when you're at a beach, uh, especially with a kid. You want a washer and dryer. You want to be able to go back, wash your clothes cook dinner, take a real shower. Uh, you want that that little slice of home. Um, Make coffee. It, it, yeah, and coffee. Uh, yeah, dude. You really and a just real want coffee that. pot, not that little one, you know, uh, 
Yeah, uh, you can't I, make coffee in a hotel. I hate hotel room coffee makers. Um, I rarely torture myself and use those. I almost always just go downstairs and get coffee down there, or better yet, just get coffee on my way out and like go through a Starbucks or better yet, a donut shop. My favorite place to get coffee is at donut shops when I'm out traveling. Oh. Because they have large coffees, they go through a lot of it, so you know it's fresh. And uh, and it's not overpriced. It's not like some Starbucks $6 cup of coffee. I don't need anything fancy. I don't drink mocha latte chinos or anything. I just want black coffee. I don't even put cream or sugar in it, just straight black coffee. And I find that donut shops have the best black coffee in large cups for like 2 bucks. And they have jelly donuts. Yeah, I don't eat donuts. But I, I know, do I know that. I'm talking to the old them. Mike. I'm talking to oh, pre-keto man. Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fat Mike was like, oh, donuts. Fat Mike would be like, ooh, donuts. Oh, man. <laughs> fat. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, you know what's weird, too, about donuts? Like, in my mind, I love donuts. And even now, like, every once in a while at some meeting or whatever, they'll have donuts. And I'll be like, ooh, a chocolate bar or a maple oh, bar, yeah. even, oh, even yeah. better. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll just eat them. And almost every single time after I eat a donut, I feel like shit. And uh, it's really only good while I'm chewing it. Everything after that is is not good. But I still like that flavor of chewing it enough to to eat one and then regret it. Because uh, I, I just feel like, I don't know if it's the sugar or the fat or whatever, but it just makes my stomach feel like shit. But goddamn, are they good. On to the topic. Uh, speaking of donuts, uh, there are certain things that... I seem to really crave or desire, you know, once every, some, sometimes it's rarely, but one of them is a particular type of donut. It's the, um, Dunkin' Donuts calls it the Boston cream donut. It's the mm-hmm. one that has the, the custard in it Yeah, and it has the chocolate top. Do you like the custard? Oh, Are you man. a custard? Is there, yeah. is there anything better than that? I don't think no. so. The nice no, because it's like this, <laughs> especially a fresh one. If they've been sitting around a while, they're just okay. But when they're fresh, like early in the morning, and it's this like hot, crispy, but soft, doughy kind of a texture. And then the middle of it is this this kind of like burst of cool, tasty cream. Like, oh, my God. No, there is nothing better. Yeah, that that is like that ranks up there with desserts up there. It's well, up there with had, butternut. Uh, have you ever had a good eclair? Eclair. No, I can't yeah. say that I have. So similar. It's like a cream inside. It's more of a whipped creamy kind of a textury type of a cream inside of an eclair. But it's almost like a chocolate bar full of whipped cream is a a lame way of describing it. But uh, it's like a fancy French donut. You got to get them when they're fresh, too. There again, if they get a little stale and hard, they're just okay. But if you get a fresh out of the oven eclair, oh, damn, dude. Oh, damn. I'm gonna have to look that up or check that out. I'm sure I've had an eclair before, oh, man. but uh, I can't. I can't remember. But another dessert, one that I love, is uh, I'm a chocolate mousse addict. Ooh. And if um, if butterscotch pudding is on the menu, I'm, I'm getting it. Wow, butterscotch! I don't know that I've ever seen or tried butterscotch pudding. Oh dear, do you like butterscotch? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I only think of it in the form of candy. Like, I think of hard butterscotch candy. I can't think of anything else in my life that is butterscotch flavored. Oh, my goodness. You need to stat. Go get some uh, butterscotch pudding. Butterscotch pudding. Where do you get it? I've never seen that. Well, if you go out to eat, just check the menu. If they have it on there, sometimes there's some places that will carry that. But if they have that, just don't turn that away. Is this a Tennessee thing? Mm -mm. Or did they have this in California when you lived here? No, you probably... You'll less find it in Tennessee, most likely. 
I think. So menus in California have butterscotch pudding on the dessert menu. Absolutely. Not all. It's not like, no, that's not an accurate statement. I mean, it. Where do I go? Some place has to be offering. Okay, let's see. Like a steakhouse? Where did I I get? This this isn't at fucking Chinese buffet, I'm sure. It would, okay. It would mostly be at a fine dining restaurant. Like a really, like a really nice restaurant. Like that has, um, um, Mm. yeah, it's going to be at a four or five star restaurant. Okay. Dude, if I'm ever at a Morton Steakhouse or a a nice, you know, Ruth's Chris or or something good. Yes. and, And they have butterscotch pudding. Get it. Get it, please. All right. There's another thing. I don't know if you like these or if this is just me, but dude, I would, I would fucking, I would go to great lengths to get this. And yeah. you just don't find it at restaurants anymore. I don't know if it used to be a fad or what, but yet nice restaurants, you used to pretty often see a souffle, a chocolate souffle on the menu. And it was one of those things where while you were ordering your entree, the waiter kind of told you like, hey, if you want a souffle, put your order in now because they take like a half an hour to cook. They take a long time. So don't wait until you're finished and looking at the dessert menu because that's too late to order it. If you're going to want a souffle, tell me now because we got to get to work on it. And it's and, a great sales technique too, isn't it? Like, Oh, it ooh, is because you're hungry. Ooh. You haven't eaten yet. Yeah, I don't want to not, I don't want to miss that souffle window. <laughs> yeah, like this thing's so fantastic. You have to order it in advance. And you know at that time, at entree ordering time, people are fucking hungry. <laughs> um, so at that time, dessert sounds fantastic. But after you've eaten your, you know, your your entree and your appetizers, and then they come around with the dessert menu, like, hey, does anybody want dessert? Everyone's like, oh, oh I couldn't possibly. Oh, yeah. man, no. So, <laughs> everybody know, looks at everybody else like, oh, do you want dessert? Because uh, I'll, I'll make room for dessert. I'm not a big dessert guy, but certain things like a souffle. Oh, if, that's if, right, post-keto, Mike. Yeah. If at any time a restaurant tells me that, which I never fucking hear it anymore, that... that uh, I don't know that now I'm older and I go to more nice restaurants and, and no one's offering me souffle anymore. I, I hate it. But the very few that do, it's an automatic. Definitely. You have souffle. Bring it. Put me on. Actually, bring me to uh, I, I want it and I can't find it. There's a huge demand, at least in this guy's shoes for chocolate souffle. Oh, that's great. You ever you, had one? Um, You know, this one I'm I, when these French words come up. My okay, my brain so, just like blanks out, and the Italian words with the log that they have, like my brain, I, I so don't know how to associate. Is, uh, all it's all the souffle those. is is like a, a soft little hot moist chocolate cake full of like liquidy hot chocolate goo. That's it. It's like a lava cake kinda, but it's a special thing where um, they bake it in a really. Uh, it, it takes some skill to bake because you got to get it timed perfect to where the souffle rises perfectly, and then you take it out and serve it because if you undercook it, it's like a big limp pile of goo, and if you cook it too long, then uh, I think the insides get gummy or whatever. So it's this very um, precarious timing thing to cook a good souffle. It takes some work and attention, uh, but nice restaurants, no problem. You know, uh, they 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 bust out these these desserts pretty often and all it is is just like a really soft hot moist chocolate cake full of liquidy hot chocolate goo yeah it's, it sounds french oh I, i'm sure it is yeah it's called a souffle it's got to be french french make all the good food Any, anything good is probably french or stolen from the french well i will say that i i really love uh like japanese um uh desserts i mean they they oh. tend to not use a lot of sugar right like on mochi? some of the things they and I, 
yes, mochi. Oh yeah. Is mochi not great? Like you go to a, like a nice Japanese. Uh, oh, you don't like mochi? Uh, I'm trying to. I don't Whoa. not like it. It's not my favorite. It, it tastes like rubber ice cream. Like it's because you can't use your front teeth to bite into ice cream, right? I'll be honest. Yeah. 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 Maybe I, I bite ice cream too, though. I bite popsicles and bite ice cream, but I don't know. Yeah, mochi. I don't like the texture. The flavor's okay. Yeah. Oh, moy. Big. All right. I'm sorry to shit on your point there. Ah, wow, that hurt. <laughs> Tell me more. All right, is, are there any other Japanese desserts, or is it just mochi? You know that—that's all I can remember. I mean, there definitely uh, are other Japanese re- desserts, and you know, most of them are just the thing I do like about them—they don't have a ton of sugar. They're not like super over sugary. Yeah, American uh, desserts are fucking just diabetes manufacturing. Uh, but you know what else I found is. Most other styles of food, eh, maybe this is wrong, but I'll just say it anyway. Most other nationalities' food has bunk desserts. But there's a lot of exceptions to that statement that I'm finding that I can poke holes in my own argument immediately. But I guess what I'm thinking is like when I go out for Chinese food and they have dessert, I don't want it. I don't think there's anything on that dessert menu that I want. Like the Chinese food is awesome, but I'm good on dessert. You guys don't do dessert very well. That's true. Um, if I'm out at Mexican food, uh, no, nah, I'm good. You, you guys' dessert really the isn't flan, my cup of tea. You're not into uh, the flan, no. Not a big, not a big, uh, not a big fan of flan, no. Um, one thing they do sometimes is like uh, churros and ice cream, and I'm down for that, dude. The little scoop of uh, vanilla ice cream with some really well-made fresh churros. Fuck yeah, give me churros. Gimme. Always make my stomach hurt. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, can't do a churro. Oh wow, all right. So that's like my donut, which that's churros the virtually they are donuts. Yeah, that's the only thing that I can't eat, I think. If I eat a, a oh. churro, like, I get sick. It's the only thing. Man. I have an iron have stomach you, as, as, other than have that. Have you ever been to Mexico and ate, like, fresh-off-the-cart street churros? Yes. Good? Still fuck your stomach up? Same? Um, You know, it was so long ago. All right. They were great, though. My gosh. <laughs> You're like, it, I was so drunk that, uh, I don't I know. I was probably with you, shit. I'm as probably. Far as I know, probably in TJ. Stumbling through Rosarito or something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I do remember doing that walk across on TJ, and when you go, finally end up going across the bridge, and uh, they were selling them like at, right there at the base of the bridge, and then when you walk uh, off the bridge, they have that Taco Bell there. That's what they call it. I mean, it that, wasn't a real Taco Bell, but it was, that's God what they call damn. it. That to me, all, we're talking about a lot of great food, but fucking fresh cart churros are making me so hungry right now. Uh, Authentic Mexican tacos, man. My God. Oh, dude. Wait, oh, straight wait. up street tacos? Yeah, street man. Street tacos in, in TJ. You get the street yep. tacos with the, uh, and all they give you usually is just onions and cilantro on that, with, you know, yeah, double wrapped cheese. in a corn tortilla. Yep. And they're tiny as hell. So you order, you know, they're a dollar, a buck a piece, and you yeah, order like, give me, 10 give of me them. eight of them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, Mexican street tacos. You know what's interesting too is restaurants always try to uh, try to trick you into thinking they're selling street tacos. You know, they make them look like that in the picture. They'll even call them street tacos or whatever, but no, they're not the same. They're not street tacos. They're you know small they're tacos not. on corn yeah. tortillas. They're not what you're describing right now. Especially when they say, "Oh, would you like those on a corn or a flour tortilla?" Oh yeah, no, you lost me. Okay, you know what yeah. you're doing. Sorry, I know. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, street tacos, awesome. Almost anything on the street in Mexico, surprisingly, is uh, is, is really great. 
Um, like even Pastor, man, like, like pork, I'm not a big pork guy, but Pastor, fuck yeah, dude, saddle me up. I, I am, I am into some Pastor. And then, uh, the, uh, the Cokes there, the Cokes are always in a glass and then you got to give the glass back when you're done. But yeah. It's, the Coke, it's the, Coke the made glass with real never sugar. has a cap. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they just reuse the bottles over and over. So there's no cap on it. Yeah. And it's real That's sugar in the, and it, you know, they sell them. I, yeah. even o- online, sometimes they call it Mexican Coke because it's not sweetened with corn syrup. It's sweetened with sugar. Yeah. And it's like in the bottle. Sugar. Get one of those things ice cold. Oh, there's almost oh, nothing yeah. like it. And I, I don't drink Coke. I mean, it's, I, that would be, uh, yeah, I don't think that's healthy for you, but. No, no. Anything that cleans the battery acid off your battery terminals yeah, that's is right. <laughs> probably not good to drink. Uh, but man, but every you, once in a while, though, you know, every every once in a blue moon, tell me you don't want that Big Mac and you don't want to Coke with it. Uh, you know what it is for me is like a sandwich, like a store-bought sandwich, uh, like a sub on on like a soft white roll which I rarely ever eat, but when I do eat a submarine sandwich on a soft white roll, and it's a really good sandwich, and it has to have shredded lettuce, and if I'm eating a sandwich like that, all I want is a Coca-Cola. That, that, that's the only thing that we'll meet. It can't be a Pepsi. got to be a Coca-Cola because that's what feels right visually and, and, and taste-wise. I'm and, picturing uh, a tuna that, fish with that, like just a nice tuna fish sandwich in there with nice cold tuna fish. Oh, yeah, 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 that'd be good. I like tuna fish. Yeah. Yeah, goddamn, is it lunchtime yet? <laughs> I know we're we, talking about food a lot. We, we must talk be about hungry. enough food here. <laughs> oh my god. No, dude, it's only ten thirty here and I'm I'm like, oh my god, I'm ready for lunch. I gotta go find something good. Yeah. You know what's um, funny too? Oh man, yeah, goddamn, that does sound good. A Coke and a sandwich. I don't think I've had that in a really long time. Go to Islands. Islands was your place, man. You loved you still love Islands? I do and haven't been there in a long time, but I do really like Islands. And I only get the same thing every time I go there. I've never tried anything else on their menu except the Hula Burger, their Mushroom Swiss Burger. Always rare. You're like, rare. I want it. No, no. The way Here in California, at least, I don't know if it's a state or a federal thing, but you're only allowed to order a burger medium. You can't order rare or medium rare. Uh, They're not allowed to make them that way. So when they ask you, how do you want your burger cooked? My response is, as rare as you're allowed to do. Um, <laughs> I remember we would go to lunch all the time, and like I, I didn't understand it because you were like, even then you were like, rare. I want it as rare as you can make it. You know, I'm just like, ooh, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're only allowed to go medium or more. More, they're not allowed to go below the medium mark. So I'm just like, as rare as you'll allow, um, without getting fired, make it that rare. I want it as rare as you can. That's and with steaks too, I mean, with steak is different, right? They can make a rare steak, obviously, but yes, yeah. But do know. you like your steaks? How rare do you like your steak? Um, medium rare. Well, it depends. If really? I'm at a fucking Denny's and I order a steak and eggs, uh, I'm just going to order that one rare because yeah. they're going to overcook it and it's going to be medium rare. If I order it medium rare, it's too cooked. It's medium. It's barely even pink. Um, if I'm at a steakhouse. They know what fucking rare means, and that's a little too rare for me. So I'll order medium rare, and it will be medium rare. Um, so it depends. If I'm at a good place, I order it the way it should be, medium rare. If I'm at a crappy place, I order it rare because they're going to fuck it up anyway. Yeah, I I pictured you as like an ultra rare guy, but yeah, okay, medium rare. Yeah, and so you're a ribeye. That's right, you're a ribeye guy. Oh yeah, 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 ribeye. Ribeye's awesome. Mm, yeah. Here we are on food again. We're like, hey. Yeah. 
Now all I'm thinking, I just I just stopped and I'm thinking like, where can I get a good ribeye today? That's that's what I want for lunch. I want a ribeye. I shouldn't have told you about food, man. I forgot. Man. You gotta get, you Do you know what I need? I need to find a place that has ribeye and souffle. That's what I want for lunch. I want a ribeye with the souffle for dessert. I can see a picture of you like uh, drinking a cup man. of tea with that with your pinky up. Uh, oh, that's fancy? No, dude. No, I'm going to fucking... Souffle gonna... sounds fancy. I mean, I'm going to... It is a, it a, is a little fancy. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds way fancier than it is. It's just chocolate cake. And no one fucking makes it anymore. I don't know if it's just too much work or it's not trendy or what, but there is a appalling lack of souffle in the world these days. And uh, I'm not having it. We need to rebel against this lack of souffle. Um, I'm going to need more of it in my life. That or reminds me. There, Maybe I just you know, need to learn one how to business, make it. one business idea I have for out here is to open a. And I don't know why I would say this because I would never do it. But one business idea for somebody else out here would be to open a desserts only place. Oh, because the South loves dessert. Uh-huh. And they probably don't want to wait in line for it. So, like, just having like a just desserts kind of uh, shop out here, I think it would kill it. Wait, I think that is a perfect name for the business that you're talking about. Just I, desserts. I think that that might actually already exist. <laughs> Maybe that's why I said it because I think there's a place like that in Boston. And I think it might be called Just Desserts. Oh, because you know that's like a that's like a double whammy there. Because like, hey, we just sell desserts. Obviously, the 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 standard surface level description of what you're saying. But then there's also the play off of the um the the phrase or the or euphemism or whatever it would be, where it's like, oh, he just got his just desserts. Like you got what's coming to you. That's your just desserts. It is a great name. It it's does. fucking fantastic. Look it up. Does that exist? If not, dude, buy the domain name. Okay. Like now, before this podcast comes out and someone else beats us to it. And then we're not going to be the Derek and Mike podcast. We'll be the just no, no, desserts. no, no. We'll continue on as Derek and Mike, but we'll also be uh, dessert dessert restaurateurs. We'll 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 just start this business. I don't know anything about the restaurant business, but with a name like that, how could we fail? They're in San Francisco. Justdesserts.com. Yeah, it's uh, yep. Just desserts, San Francisco. Do they sell things online? Or is it like you got to go to San Francisco and go to their go to their dessert boutique? Let me try to let me see if there's a cart. I don't think there's a cart. Uh, no. uh, Wait, select count. I can select account twenty four. Mm, no, Mm-mm. there's. I no can't cart. order anything. No, you can't. Uh, you know what I did for my wife's birthday? She's not eating dairy right now because the the baby has our baby Benjamin has a little bit of a dairy allergy. It makes him kind of throw up, just upsets his stomach. So she's. Um, avoiding dairy entirely because he gets the milk proteins or whatever through her breast milk. So even if she eats dairy, it fucks him up. So she's cut dairy out of her diet completely while she's breastfeeding. Um, like it's a big sacrifice and she has no problem doing it, but it's, it's surprisingly hard to eat food without dairy. Uh, especially when you're ordering food, they cook a lot of things in butter and cheese is on everything. And and it's, it's pretty inconvenient to cut dairy out of your diet. Um, but, uh, yeah. Come her birthday, which was a, a, a couple weeks ago, um, it makes the cake part of a birthday celebration very difficult. Um, I called around a bunch of bakeries around our area where I could order something and pick it up, and not one of them does a dairy a dairy free cake. Um, 
looked up online some recipes and there's definitely lots of good dairy-free recipes, but I'm no good at baking and I have no time. And I was like, dude, I, I can't even pretend I'm going to make a good cake. Um, came down to finding a company in Chicago uh, called Nine Times Bakery that specializes in dairy-free desserts, including cakes, and they ship all over the country. I think they even ship like out of the country, but they made her a cake, shipped it to my house. Uh, I think it was two-day shipping or overnight shipping and uh, showed up like packed in little cold packs and all that. It was in great shape, put it in the freezer because it arrived three days before her birthday, took it out the morning of her birthday, and then we cut it up in the afternoon on her birthday, and it was awesome. Wow. Awesome, was it just awesome. was it just dairy? Was it uh, egg free too, or was uh, it just no, dairy free? It, it had eggs. Yeah, it wasn't like a vegan cake. It was just dairy free. So it had eggs and and uh, um, I don't know what else in it would not qualify well, as just, vegan. Just eggs, it, I think. It, yeah, it did have eggs, and then instead of like butter, it used avocado butter, some of those sorts of things, which all great ingredients. You know, I mean, it was tasty. Uh, it was um, totally dairy free. Tons of sugar, but. Uh, it was awesome. A good cake, man. They make a hell of a cake. Nine times bakery. Yeah. So they hooked me up. It was fucking expensive, but um, it was worth it. Got my wife a good, good looking, good tasting, dairy free birthday cake. Well, vegan cakes are much more popular now. Like if you were to be able to risk sacri- or be able to sacrifice the egg component nope. to it. You won't. No, yep. it, they do. They there are some good ones. I've had some great ones before. I um, uh, one of Esme's uh, friends' grandmother makes them for Esme. Like she makes hmm. these these. I I kid you not. These cupcakes that she made that were egg free were better. Were the, were the best cupcakes I've had. And I'm not saying that that's it's because they were egg free. But what wow. I'm trying to say is just that it can be done. I've seen no. some amazing things with, yeah, food restriction. Um, I've also seen some ridiculous things with food restriction. And absolutely, you can make some really good stuff without the standard components. Like, you can make some incredible vegan cookies. I've had some. I've had a lot of terrible ones, but I've also had some good ones. And I don't doubt for a minute that that lady can make some incredible cupcakes without eggs. So is it no eggs, but there is dairy? Or, I mean, vegan is no dairy, right? You can't have anything that comes yeah, from... Yeah, vegan is no dairy, too. All right. Right. So you you would you would qualify for that? Is Esme a vegan? Does she try not to eat dairy, or was this lady just no? Esme is allergic to eggs. Oh, really? Yeah, she can't eat. I did eggs. not know that. Can mm-hmm. she drink milk? Like, is is dairy included in that, or just eggs? Uh, you know, she she doesn't like dairy that much. So all right, you know, she's kind of, I guess, Good. more vegan along those lines. I suppose. Does she eat um, meat, or do you guys avoid meat? No, so, she she doesn't like meat either. She's she's her protein is pretty much a lot of peanut butter. All right. Uh but when I I take that back. She does love cheese. So she does like okay. she's getting back into grilled cheeses and she does love quesadillas. So okay. she's she's big on those too. So she yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard to argue with that, man. Cheese is awesome. Yeah. That's All one right. thing that would be difficult to live with. Yeah. Without yeah. I mean, yeah. And is it really animal cruelty when you're just milking them and making cheese? I mean, the answer, I'm sure, is yes. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a lot less cruel than killing and slaughtering them. You're just using some of their milk and making cheese, right? Everyone's fine. Oh, okay. I, you know, it never occurred to me that that's why vegans don't eat cheese. But Oh, yeah, I think a lot of vegans are. It's a morality issue. It's We eat nothing that comes from animals because using animals for food is wrong. I'm sure there's some variations of that or other people choose to not eat certain things because of like dietary 
physical restrictions or allergies and all that exists too. But there's a lot of vegans who purely don't eat anything out of the vegan sphere purely because of morality uh, choices. Totally. Did I tell you that Megan used to work at a vegan, like when I say vegan, I mean like vegan, not even <laughs> vegan, not even vegan, raw. She worked at a raw place. So oh. nothing could be cooked, meaning that you can cook something, but it can't be over 108 degrees. Like uh, after 108 degrees, you've officially cooked it and it's not raw anymore. So, okay. so is that kind of like the, the caveman diet that you're not cooking out any of the nutrients or whatever? Is that the yes. idea behind it? Mm -hmm. All right. So at 108, you've started killing things that uh, are, are whatever, like some nutrients or some whatever's yeah. bacteria. And the big controversy there was they had some kind of honey or something and people would come in and <laughs> they would throw a fit that um that they had honey on the menu like, oh or, like or you're some... exploiting bees and and uh you're going to hell i uh, guess yeah they they just said honey's not raw or honey's not vegan or something along those, those lines so yeah well don't order it don't order it yeah <laughs> Honey shall not exist in my world. Yeah, yeah. Problem solved. You don't want honey? <laughs> cool. Don't order it. Yeah. Uh, you're mad because it's an option. That's that's what you're angry about. You don't have to choose that option. I'm not causing. I'm not saying, hey, everyone who walks in my business must eat honey. Uh, I'm just saying, hey, if you want it, it's here. That's that makes you mad. Yeah, they did have some huh. great re desserts there. I will say they had great desserts. The one thing about that place is, if you order, like I ordered a burrito. When it came out, it didn't look like a burrito at all. Um, it was unrecognizable as a burrito, and it wasn't very much food. And it took like <laughs> sounds great. It, it took like forty-five minutes to get it. I thought something was wrong. I was like, "There's got to be something wrong," but no, that's how long like every order there took. I don't think they're open anymore. Was it, but was it? <laughs> they, they were they big. Didn't succeed. Shocker. They, they were big. You know, Soundgarden um, was in there. Uh, after they broke up. So all oh. Soundgarden was in there and uh, Anthony Kiedis would go in there. Um, oh. One time Anthony Kiedis, uh, what happened? So the door was locked. Is that the one locked. where you said that uh, his friends dropped him off? And, no, and that whatever. was at a different place. That was oh, at okay. um, Rainbow Acres. All right. Uh, this one was at, um, yeah, Euphoria Loves Revolution because he's, he's a vegan. So he right. would go there, I think, a pr relatively good amount too. Yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, I think the only way I could ever even consider being a vegan is if I was rich enough to never make food at home. Like if I could just eat at a restaurant, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that would be a much easier vegan option. Uh, plus you have to live in a place like Santa Monica, like you did where, you know, vegan restaurants are everywhere. It's a big deal. Um, I would never want to be in charge of feeding myself on a budget, uh, and try to be vegan. That, that just sounds undoable to me. And I'm not so sure how good, like, a 100% soy diet, like, if you go no. too much soy. No, no. And I don't no. think I it's know, that good for you. No, I, I, I've heard lots of things like that, too, and I totally believe them, possibly because I want to believe it's not healthy to eat soy, but also because um, I've, I've read lots of things that, you know, they've, they've linked a lot of sorts of, like, cancer and, and uh, problems with uh, soy, and kind of like with anything, dude, any... Anything in excess is a bad deal. So if all you're eating is soy, you're going to experience whatever problem soy has to bring to the table um, tenfold. Just like tuna. Fucking 
I heard that uh, Tony Robbins, the uh, the life coach guy, yeah, he was he's uh, uh, an obsessive kind of a guy. No, no surprise there. And he ate nothing but fish. Uh, like my understanding is like literally nothing but fish for a long time, and eventually started having some like health problems, went to the doctor and the doctor essentially told him like, my God, I've never seen anyone with mercury levels like what I'm seeing in you. Stop doing what you're doing. You have like a deadly amount of mercury in your body. And so he did. He stopped eating only fish and and started eating like fucking, I don't know, uh, chicken or turkey or whatever. Still like a super regimented strict diet. But yeah, uh, the whole nothing but fish thing was a bad deal. Like you think, oh, fish is good for you, but nothing but fish, not good. Die mercury poisoning. So true. Yeah, you, you do have to like spread things out. And you know, one one thing too that I know to avoid now that I'm uh, I would avoid at all costs. I think is is a type of like vegetable oil, like mm-hmm. ve- vegetable oils. I I think those are really bad for our body. Yeah, yeah, um, I totally agree. Olive oil though is okay from what I understand. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting this from other people and, and who knows, you know, the science seems like it changes every 10, 15, 20 years based on whoever wants to buy the science. Well, but, yeah. But know. if you look at like the history of something like olive oil, it's been around for thousands of years. That's right. Mediterranean. And, mm-hmm. and it's been a staple food for so many cultures that were historically pretty damn healthy that, uh, that's enough proof for me. Um, all kinds of modern people can kind of say this or that or whatever, but olive oil has been around for fucking ever, and the people who ate mostly that are are they did fine. Uh, so I, I feel pretty okay about olive oil and rice too. I I recently saw something. Right. It was like an infomercial or something. I don't know what problem they had against rice, but it was specifically specifically white rice, and they were like, "We're gonna show you what right white rice does to your body." And I'm thinking along the same lines as you is like, let's see, how long has white rice been eaten over and how, over time? And, and, and don't and get me wrong, I know brown is more is better for you because it takes yeah. a little bit longer to break down the hard outer sure. shell. Sure. So that you get less of an insulin spike. But other than that, like, come on. You know, but I don't dude, know. Dude, are are we are we uh distributing that, hey, white rice is bad for you message to a population of Americans who eat fucking Big Macs and supersized <laughs> cheeseburgers and all that. Like, seriously, you think white rice is the problem here? Like, no, no, that is way down on the list of shit we are eating way too much of. Focus your efforts in a more productive space than crapping on white rice. White rice is an incredible alternative to what people are generally eating already. Shut your face. Yeah, I mean, I know there's no nutritional value. I don't, I mean, it doesn't look like it has much nutritional value. It's got a lot of starch, whatever. But at the same time, it's not killing you, I don't think. I think it's dude, just pure uh, starch. It's pure dude, um, Man, like Asian societies and probably, and probably more than Asian societies have been eating white rice uh, as a huge part of their diet for entire lifetimes for so long. Yeah. And their life expectancy was way longer than what American life expectancy is currently. Who are we to talk? Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know that white, white rice needs to be on the chopping block. I don't choose to eat it a lot. I choose brown rice, but simply because the two options are right next to each other at the grocery store. It's fucking simple for me to grab the brown bag instead of the white bag. But uh, in those old societies where they were like living among rice patties and it was a source of their income and their sustenance, 
they did nothing but eat white rice and they were fine. They were super healthy. They weren't obese. Um, I, I can't imagine white rice is all that bad. A lot of those things I think have already been figured out too. And we ignore all that history there. Like um, Chinese medicine. How, how many millennia has that really been around? And, and like, if you don't believe in acupuncture, you don't believe in the Chinese medicine. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, is something really going to be around for 2000 years or longer? If it didn't right. have, if it didn't kind of work or if it didn't have yeah. some kind of validity, I, I tend to disagree. I think that it's, there's got to be something to like acupuncture. I think there's a certain level of arrogance when an amateur with very little experience or knowledge of a thing just denounces a practice that has been used by major sophisticated cultures for thousands of years as if they know better. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's arrogance at its core is all that is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know much about acupuncture. I never tried it. Um, I do know a few stories that cause me to say, wow, there's something there. Uh, and that's about it. That that's about as much time as I've invested in understanding it personally. And that's the extent of my assertion that I do know anything about it is, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Uh, but there's definitely something to it. I, I, there's too many stories and it's been around too long for it to be completely baseless. I used to work with a Korean guy. His name was Peter. He was a database administrator. And um, we, we sat right across from each other. We'd frequently have kind of longer conversations. And uh, he would talk to me. He would be interested in talking to me and stuff. And we would go to lunch together. And I think he was intrigued that I was Buddhist too. And, uh, you know, so, so I had an opening, an open understanding to um, Asian culture. And uh, he would tell me, I'm like, because he was starting to get high blood pressure. So he would talk to me about it, and, he, and so I was like, did you go to the doctor? Because he was saying he's going to go to the doctor. And I'm like, what would they tell you? And he's like, the doctor told me to go walk every day two miles and take this tea. And, you know, it, it sounds, you know, I don't know about the tea, but the walking certainly sounds like a good idea. And I, I think, you know, some of those things, you, you got to uh, heal the source. And, you know, it's kind of like how they say, like, the food that you eat is medicine. It's just medicine in, in and of itself. And now that I have this garden, I just love it because I kid you not, like, I, I feel like I get so much nutrition, so much more nutrition now, because even though I'm not, I haven't historically been like a... Um, a big salad guy or, you know, a big vegetable guy. But now I am just because like when I harvest it, you know, I feel more like a man when I eat my harvest. Oh yeah. 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 We talked about that before the satisfaction of growing something from a seed or from the ground and, and then, uh, bringing that to the table for your family. Like, yeah, no, that's a, that's a satisfaction like, like nothing else. Yeah. And you know, yeah. that's, and, and you feel good about, the nutritional value there because you know it hasn't gone through any processing or there's been no chemicals sprayed on it or any of that other kind of stuff like um i don't i don't sit and freak out about gmos or bug spray or any of those i mean i try to avoid it if i can like if, I, if there's a choice between organic and non-organic vegetables or produce i'm gonna pick the organic uh even though i don't believe that means a whole lot or there's certainly no governing body to the organic label on food it could it could mean something or it could not but i'd rather err on the side of caution where i'd prefer not to have roundup on my beans um so at least coming from my own garden i know there's no roundup on those beans so 
That's good. I'll go with that. Feels good. I love cutting uh, lettuce and then a cucumber and eating it like right away. Oh, there, yeah. you, you don't get any fresher than that. It's just, there is a difference on that. And uh, you, it, it just tastes amazing. Do you do this with Esme ever? Is she into the garden at all? She is. She's into helping me sometimes. She's kind of a kid where she doesn't like to get mud on her shoes and mud on her oh, hands. Yeah. You know, so, no, no. Yeah, my boy's you know. one. She's much older than mine. My, my boy is two and a half, and he loves the garden, loves talking about it. Of course, he's not really... Um, uh, disciplined enough to work in the dirt and whatever. Like he'll run over to the tomato plant and just pull off green tomatoes that aren't ripe yet, you know, like, Hey, tomatoes. And I'm like, no, don't pull them off when they're green, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but he loves the garden and I love the feeling of going out there and looking at the garden with him, seeing that there's a cucumber or a zucchini or whatever that's ready to go. And I make a big deal of it. Like, Ooh, you grew this, you know, it's time to pick this zucchini and we get the clippers I clip off the zucchini and hand it to him, and I make it a big deal like, look what you've done, you know, you made the zucchini, this whole big thing, and he feels very proud, and we take a picture of it, and we send it to his his papa, uh, my wife's dad, because papa's a big gardener, and he actually helped Michael get his gardener his garden started in the backyard. Oh, and, I didn't know uh, your dad was a gardener, okay. Yeah. No, Sarah's dad, my dad's not. Oh, uh, okay. Sarah, Sarah's oh, dad's oh, a papa. huge okay. gardener, um, yeah. and... Uh, then I like the other half of the picking your own food experience where I want him to see me cutting that zucchini up and putting it into a pan and making it into dinner so that when it makes it onto his plate, he makes the connection of this is the, this is the zucchini that we picked in the backyard and now it's dinner. I want him to make that connection. Um, and then even more, like when it's something like you said, like a cucumber, something that you can literally just bite in the garden, I like him to do that. We have a... Uh, a um a loquat tree in the backyard and in the summer it makes loquats so i love doing that where i'll get a, a bunch of loquats we'll go over to the hose and clean them off in the hose and then we just eat them right there in the grass uh in the backyard and he loves that and mm. i think it's a really cool thing to um uh you know i don't know what he's gaining out of that i imagine all sorts of oneness with nature and appreciation for food and and together time with dad and all that and i hope a lot of that or some of that sinking in but it, to me it just feels like this really cool thing that uh that he likes to pick food in the garden and eat it i like it, it makes me happy i do that with esme as well she'll harvest time is is the best time for kids to get involved and it's oh, like yeah. hey honey you want to go uh i say let's go walk the garden because i i walk it and make sure there's no bugs on anything too uh -huh. And sometimes she's not so into that. But then uh, yesterday she saw a, a watermelon that's getting kind of big. It's about a, as big as a bowling ball right now. Oh, and wow. She's like, look, a watermelon. And I'm like, oh, yeah, honey, look at that thing. You know, It was just. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she just. And I'm like, look, and there's a little baby watermelon right there. And she wanted to pick some basil. So she wanted to cut some basil for her mother. And then uh, um, she, she takes all the uh, jalapenos and basil and cucumbers and tomatoes and everything in. And, um, you know, my wife is like, oh, thank you so much. And yeah, so she gets to be part of that cycle right there. So I, I'm the same way. I kind of like to teach her that. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Um, so that's a ton of fun and uh, a neat way to spend time together as a family, you know, doing little things like that. And I think it's good for good for the kids. And and uh, that's all good stuff all the way around. It's cool. Yeah. But I can't hand him garden tools if I. Hand, hand him a trowel or something, I can expect that thing to go flying 
into the side of my head or something, um, which you probably don't experience having a daughter. I think I think girls are so much more mild uh, than boys, and maybe that's not always the case, but usually the case. And your your little girl is is a sweet little girly girl, so I don't know that she's chucking trowels at you, but. Um, my boy, dude, you got to keep your guard up, man. Shit's flying in your head. <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's not throwing anything. There is a huge <laughs> difference between boys and girls when oh you see them. Because, man, I'll tell you, like sometimes she'll have one of her, you know, some guy, some little boyfriend will come over, and the whole time that it's, he's it's a here, different game, dude. He's just running back and forth through the whole house, just nothing but energy. We're like, oh my gosh. And then the whole time, uh, like I'm watching him because he's like doing somersaults off things, and he's like, oh, he's gonna I'm break like, shit, he... or yeah, totally. I, I'm more of worried about him breaking his neck because I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna break his neck on? And, you know, and the <laughs> and when the mother's there, she's like, no, he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, but but I'm no, not used like, to that kind of activity. Oh man, I, I and I, I I never see that uh, contrast because we have two boys, and 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 uh, our two year old is just a madman. He's nothing but energy. <laughs> if he's awake, he's running. <laughs> and uh there is no oh sit down on the couch with with us and no there there's none of that it's it's full speed all the time it's either 100 miles an hour or 0 miles an hour and he's sleeping but there is no <laughs> there is no in between and uh we were on a walk in the neighborhood and he has lots of little friends we run into when we're on walks and there's a little girl who's younger than him i think she's a year and a half my boy's two and a half and they're friends they talk all the time on the sidewalk when we bump into them on walks and recently we turn the two of them loose on the sidewalk and let them kind of play a little bit and dance together. And, and this is the first time they really interacted outside of being in strollers or from a little bit of a distance. And so they were playing a little bit. And Michael's just nonstop movement, you know, not even anything crazy to us. He's being very well behaved, but he never stops moving. And he's dancing and running around and, and doing things and whatever. And the little girl is very still and calm. And the parents just said something that made the contrast obvious to me where it was like, Oh boy, he's really got a lot of energy. <laughs> and I thought this is actually very calm right now. Like this is nothing. <laughs> and it made me realize like, oh yeah, you have a little girl and she's super calm. Like what that must be like at home. I'm a little envious of because our home life is uh a fucking gladiator pit. <laughs> and uh I love it, but my god, every once in a while sitting down quiet would be nice. Uh but I may never know because that never happens. It's literally WrestleMania, full speed fucking madness every waking minute at our house. Yeah, the most Esme does is she has this like little horse that is an indoor, like an indoor pony. And it's a new kind of contraption where you can ride it, where you push down on the, I don't know, kind of where the saddle, the where you put your feet in the saddle and then it makes it move. It like, oh, <laughs> So she'll do that, and but yeah, she's not a big runner. She's not, um, she's not super active, and she's not always running around all the time. It 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 is quite a contrast. Uh, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but so much fun. Well, we should run, D. Uh, it's always so much fun talking to you. We really get into some fun things. We covered a lot of weird shit today. We uh, talked about airplane seats. We talked a lot about food. I'm starving. You know what, you, you know what you're going to have for lunch? Um, I don't. Have you had lunch? It's what, fucking 2 o'clock out there? Have you eaten yet? You must be starving. I had eggs this morning, but I'm thinking I might do something fun. I might go to like a Arches, Arches Barbecue. 
Oh, yeah, you know you want some of that. Tennessee barbecue. What do you get when you go to barbecue? I'll just get the regular. I mean, I'll get like the pork sandwich, the pulled pork sandwich. Oh, and yeah. Large, of course. And yeah. then I'll get, um, if I'm feeling spunky, I might get some mac and cheese or mm. um, some coleslaw. Greens. You got to get greens at good barbecue joints. They oh, yeah, they do have green collard greens. greens. I should get some collard greens, too. Yeah, collard green, or even just green beans. They they do really great things with green beans, like saute them in awesome butter and, and, and make them spicy. And, and, and bacon. Uh, yeah, some bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's good. Oh, Mike's going to eat some bacon. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think right now. There, there's only a handful of good barbecue joints where I live, and and I bet even my best is is not as good as your worst barbecue joint there in Tennessee. Probably not. Oh, man. Love for you to come out here sometime. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, we are going to do a trip to your house. We are going to do the Derek and Mike show live in the man cave together in the same room, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. That, uh, that does got me excited. That yeah. got me excited. I got excited about that. Oh, and by the way, we teased this and never t- never followed up on it. We teased our our cartoons that your buddy, your artist friend, drew for us for our logo. And since then, we have finalized our cartoons and turned them into a full blown logo. And it exists. There's a picture of the Derek and Mike Show podcast. It has not been uploaded or anything done with it, other than emailing it back and forth to each other. But it exists. And we will share it with you guys um, as soon as we can. In fact, now that you're listening to this, it's probably already showing up on your on your device. But uh, as we're recording this, it only exists between the two of us. So we will share that with you soon. This is how long it took. Appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, man. Hey, hey good things are worth the wait. And uh, the cartoons of us came out fantastic. Uh, yours in particular looks exactly like you. It's funny. Uh, I love it. It's it's fucking so Derek. The expression and everything is so Derek. It's it's fucking perfect. It nailed me. <laughs> he nailed you. Does he know you, or are you no. guys just friends Mm-mm. through friends? I've never met right. Andy. Mm-mm. Man, I, I thought okay, Derek's came out so great because this guy must know him, and he captured Derek's essence in caricature format. Uh, but no, wow, he's just that great of an artist. He did it without knowing you. He did. Maybe he stumbled upon Derek. Maybe he just accidentally captured you. It could be, you know, well, there's the features of me too, right? That might be a little bit easier to draw. Like I have a rounder kind of head. Yeah. And you're not as a round a head. I have kind of a peanut head. Uh, I think I have a peanut head. You have a peanut head? Oh, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, we both have different heads for sure. peanutty. Yeah. I have a little head. I have like a little micro head. You got a pinhead? I have a pinhead, yeah. And oh, I gotta wear shit. pinhead hats. Like my beard, I haven't shaved in a long time. My beard sucks. Yeah, you know what? That's a lot of beard for you, my friend. It's it's the most beard I've ever had. I think. Uh, no, during COVID, I didn't shave for like fucking seven months, and that was the most beard I ever had. But still, this is a a, a solid second in beard length, and uh, it's um, it's purely just because I'm too busy to shave. It's it's not a choice. I don't want a beard. Um, as soon as I get a free 10 minutes, I will shave, but, uh, it's been this long since I've had a free 10 minutes. How long did it take you to grow that? This is probably two months or something, dude. I I don't grow beards quickly. Uh, Wow. That would take me like two days. Yeah. You, you fucking, you grow a beard, dude. (laughs) Is your beard gray yet? Or do you have a big red beard? Red. It'll be, Uh, it would be, be, well now it'd be 
some gray spots uh, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 man. Well, all right. Great talking to you. Always fun. We will uh, get together again soon. Say hi to the fam, brother. Peace out, Mike. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.